everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Elevate Coaching Podcast. Today I am in the Penny's Podcast Studio with Kelly Powlin who is the founder of Fierce Femmes and also a food blogger. And I am so excited to be recording this episode because if you've been following me and connected with me for a little while, you know that I've spoken at both Swansea and Cardiff Fierce Femmes events and I absolutely love them. I have connected with so many different people there. I have made new friends, new business connections, and it's been a really, really inspiring space. So really excited to have Kelly here to share a little bit more about her journey, how she got here. And just before we hit record, we were actually talking a lot about the challenges that we face in business, how people can often assume that it's super easy and you're going to become a millionaire overnight. And I think it's really important that we touch on this today because social media can often give us a warped perception of what it takes to actually run a business. I know I am pretty exhausted today. So is Kelly burning (laughs) the candle at both ends. But welcome, Kelly. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Um, This is my second podcast guest. thing so thank you very much and um, I'm really really excited to be chatting with you today I feel privileged (laughs) and thanks for coming to our studio our new studio it is lush in here it's really cozy if anyone is local to Cardiff and you're looking for a podcast studio it's definitely a really cute vibe in here so so hit them up and I'll make sure that um everything's linked in the show notes as well so people can find you but Kelly I think it would be a really good place for us to sort of start with how you went from being a food blogger to running Fierce Femmes. Yeah. Um, so I started Cardiff Foodie um, about six years ago now. I was 2017, summer 2017. Um, and it was before food blogging was really a thing, like on Instagram. I'm sure people were doing it on website blogs and stuff. Um, but yeah, on Instagram, it wasn't really a thing. Um, but growing up, my dad took us for food all of the time. Um, and I just had loads of photos of food and I was bored one summer and I thought, oh, I'll just start posting these random photos of food I've got. Um, and then I continued to do it. It was just like my friends and family that were following me. And then um, Wagamama's reached out and they said, do you want to come to a PR event? And I was like, is this fake? <laughs> like, that's so cool yeah I was like what the, what like what's going on and I was like yeah sure I'll come um so Wagmamas were my first PR event that I ever went to and then after that um they were coming in um every now and again but it wasn't that often like I had a was not many followers probably like a thousand if that at this point um but yeah, when I started getting invited to these events, I started to take it a bit more seriously because there were so many times I nearly gave up on it. So mm. I was just like, what am I even doing? Like, what even is this? Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, when I started to get invited to these events, I took it a bit more seriously. Um, and yeah, that was kind of how Cardiff Foodie started. Um, and then now, six years later, I have about one or two foodie jobs a week, which is brilliant, especially in this cost of living crisis. <laughs> Girls gonna eat. Yeah. So um, my family and boyfriend and stuff—they're always fighting over who's coming with me. Um, So yeah, that's how Cardiff Foodie started. Um, And then career—that's more of like a hobby for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas like career-wise, 
I didn't know what I wanted to do after I left school. Um, I just wanted to travel. My dad forced me to get a job. He said, you either get a job here or you get a job somewhere else. And I thought, oh, well, I'd rather work for you. So uh, <laughs> I just did an admin role in my dad's um, wealth management company, which I absolutely hated. And I think that's kind of... That's where I found out that I was never going to work for anyone ever again. Mm. Um, even though I did have my dad wrapped around my little finger, <laughs> I thought, no, I, I have to be my own boss. I don't like being told what to do. Um, but I went off traveling anyway. And um, just before I came home, I remember texting my dad and being like, oh, after I come back from traveling, I'm just going to have two weeks off just to settle back into life. And then I'll start working again. And he was like, absolutely not. <laughs> you always start work again as soon as you come back. Um, and it turns out we flew home about three days before lockdown, um, which was absolutely fantastic for me because I got put straight on furlough. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I've never been employed since then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I it wasn't great for me because my plan actually was when I came home from travelling was that I was going to go straight back out to Australia and live there because um, when I was over there traveling there was a lot of people from Cardiff living there and I thought what an amazing life you've got I was like this is what I want it was absolutely amazing and like that's what I wanted to do I wanted to go over there at the time you still had to do farm work so I was literally like yeah I'll get stuck in I I'll can't do imagine you doing that I know but I was like if that allows me to live over there for like two years I was like oh, I'm so gonna do that um so, yeah, that was the plan. And I was like, once this three weeks of COVID is over, I'm getting on a plane. And obviously it wasn't three weeks. Um, it was going on and on and on and on. And then there was the announcement that the board, the Australian borders weren't going to open again until 2023. This was in 2020. And I was like, I just cannot put my life on hold for that long and just live in limbo of when I'll be going. And, like, as much as that was my dream to go and do it, I was like, things change. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard pill to swallow because that was the, my ultimate dream was just to go. Um, my sister will tell you she's very glad COVID happened because she didn't want me to move to Aww. Australia. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, that summer then, we had really nice weather, didn't we? Yeah, across, yeah. Like, thank God. I was in the summer, in the garden every day. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't too, I know COVID was, you know, not very nice for a lot of people. Um, but for me, it actually propelled a lot of things forward. It yeah. made me think outside of the box. Um, and Cardiff Foodie actually grew massively in that time because people were sending me things to my house even though I couldn't mm. go to restaurants I was getting sent things to the house um I bought myself a new camera I was making recipes and things and I was like perfecting my camera skills and stuff so that um for me Cardiff Foodie grew like thousands of followers because mm -hmm. people were just on their phones all the time so yeah I kind of adapted in that sense and massively grew Cardiff Foodie um and then my dad's wealth management company got given the go-ahead to use social media, which they weren't allowed to do before. So I was like, oh, fine, I'll become the social media manager of your company. So he was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not sure. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine, I'll do it. So that's what I started to do um, throughout COVID was create them like a social media account. And then I was like, hmm, great, but I don't want to work for you. So I'm going to create my own social media um, management company um and then I'll take on other clients as well and you can be one of my clients um and then I met someone who did similar things uh, with other wealth management companies and I kind of just joined on with him rather mm. than creating my own because I was like he can actually teach me a lot um I'm still like earning 
it was like every client I got, I was earning money from. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like he was employing me. Like it was still quite equal with us mm -hmm. um so yeah we took on loads of wealth management clients then and that's when I realized that wealth management is extremely boring <laughs> and not for me and there was a lot of restrictions in place when you were posting on social media and stuff like you didn't have full creativity and all these things um and then I thought about going into like the restaurant industry doing social media marketing for that um but I don't know how to say this politely, mm, but like re restaurants demand a lot and don't want to pay a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, and that for me was just like, no, it's too stressful. And then I kind of very quickly realized within like a year that I didn't want to do that job. Mm. Um, so my mind was going crazy. Like, what can I do? Like, how how can I build myself like a company or my own job or I don't want to work for someone else I was like frantically thinking what can I do what can I do um and then Fierce Femmes kind of came to me as um kind of the main reason that I started Fierce Femmes was because I'm I was always searching for womanly advice motherly advice um because me and my sister don't speak to our mum we haven't for about five years and we had quite a broken relationship with her um so I feel like we were always craving like just womanly advice you know like mm. when you start your period and it's like who do I yeah. go to like who do I ask and um yeah I always kind of got that from my friend's mums mm. as I grew up um I didn't realize I didn't have it until I got to a certain age and then saw my friends with their mums and thought oh jealous yeah <laughs> um, I could do with that um and as much as my sister was that for me like we grew up together she was still a child whilst I was growing up so um so yeah the idea of fierce femmes kind of came from there's so many women around me um that could give me some great advice um and some inspiration and yeah I was like how can I build something that incorporates them into it and gives them a platform to shout about their successes but to also talk about the hardships we face mm -hmm. because I feel like online we don't see that yeah as often as we should um so yeah the idea kind of came to me and I was like mm, I, I had quite a lot of business ideas you know yeah. in that year and I would go to my sister and my dad and be like is this a good idea and they'd be like no <laughs> um, so I went to them with fierce fans and they were like yeah that is a good idea and I was like oh it is must it? be <laughs> yeah I was like oh is it um but I was like like how do I even start something like that like I I I just didn't know how I would get like a venue do you pay for venues or do venues give you that for free do you how do mm. you pay speakers like um can I get local businesses in the room can I charge them or do they charge me and mm -hmm. I how like I just had no idea how I would do it um so I went to Big Moose which is actually where I started the events um but Chloe and her dad who own Big Moose I went to school with Chloe and I thought oh she's a good person to ask like she'll be able to give me some advice on this um Chloe does quite a lot of like speaking events and stuff and she's very clued up on all of that so I I texted and I said Chloe I said will you meet me um and I've just got this business idea um but I have absolutely no idea if I can make it work and I don't know how to and um, yeah, I went to her, sat down, took her through what I wanted to do. And she was like, yeah, amazing. Like, this is a really good idea. I think you should do it. Um, so I was like, can you give me kind of an idea of how I even start something yeah. like this? And she was like, do it next month and just start. Yep. 
And I was like, what? Next month. I was like, four weeks. I was like, there's no way. There's no way I could do like pull off a whole event in four weeks. I was like, at least six months. <laughs> she was like, absolutely not. Four weeks, you've got to give yourself, like, book it in, sell tickets, and you've just got to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, my heart is racing, thinking, I'm taking money off people to put on an event. What if it's rubbish? I was like, that would literally be the worst thing ever. Um, but I was like, right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. So I remember messaging, like, people I know that started businesses and had a bit of an inspirational story and just, like, crossed my fingers hoping that they would say yes. Um, and instantly I got three replies from the first three girls that I messaged and they were like, yeah, sounds amazing, I'm in. And I was like, really? We really do that? <laughs> like, yeah. awesome. Um, so with this one, I, I just had no, like, strategy in place. Um... For Fierce Femmes, I was just like, I'm just going to mm. tell them mm -hmm. to tell their stories um, and hope for the best. <laughs> and that's what I did. I, I started off with absolutely no money at all to put into it. Um, so I just started selling tickets. And with the ticket sales, I paid for my venue. Um, and I paid for a photographer. And I was like, let's just try and make it happen. And um, did you know the nerves I felt from that event? You know when you like threw a party when you were younger and yeah. you just prayed people were going to turn up? That's how I felt. And then people walking through the door and I was like, oh, my God, I did this. Wow. Like, I got people here and now they're going to be inspired by the these amaz three amazing speakers that I've got. Um, and, yeah, it was definitely a pinchy moment and I thought... At this point, I didn't even know if, like, this was going to be my first and last event because mm. I was just like, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how people are going to react to it. I don't know if anyone wants it. Um, and they did. And wow. I guess here we are over a year later, probably more than 20 events deep at this point. That's awesome. Here we are. Did that, so <laughs> did that kind of round? Yeah. I feel like I went on I for feel a bit like, No, I feel like there were so many lessons, like throughout your journey and I think what you just said last there is really important like sometimes you just have to fucking do the thing yeah and you learn when you do it because yeah I see this with clients that come to me they want like the perfect time to do something and it's like there is never going to be a perfect never. time no. the best way to learn is chuck yourself in the deep end and learn as you go like that's where you'll get your biggest lessons yeah yeah I was speaking to one of my friend's friends in London a few weeks ago and she was like it's, she was like, I just find it amazing that you just did it. Like, you had an idea and you just did it. And I was like, well, well yeah, like, I guess you have to do that. Mm -hmm. That's Otherwise, you're never going to do it. And I think I listen to loads of podcasts and people are always saying, like, you have to kind of be naive in these situations yeah. because if you knew how hard it was going to be or, like, all the things that were going to go wrong, it's unlikely that... It, it's likely that you wouldn't do it. Mate, it is so fucking hard running a business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, when I started, I was like, how hard can it be? One event a month, how hard can it be? And I was like, oh, my God, it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. There's so many different components that you just don't realise that are involved. And I'm sure, like, that's the same in, like, any business as well. You've always got your challenges and there's always, like, all these hidden things that you didn't mm -hmm. realise were there before you started and you just have to, like, tackle them head yeah. on. Yeah, it, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, it's like, tough. I wish I could just be a coach. I love coaching. I love working one-to-one -one with my clients. I love, like, getting into the nitty-gritty details of their life and, like, looking at areas where we can improve and doing that self-development work. But 
what I didn't realise is how much I would need to be an accountant, a yeah. marketer, a salesperson, a copywriter, a content creator, yeah. a strategist. Yeah. There's like all of these other hats and I'm like, this is miles away from what I actually want to be doing. But yeah. I think it's so important in these moments, like we were speaking about this before the podcast, businesses don't make money for a good few years. Yeah. And it's so important, like, if you are starting a business, just to have that vision of, like, the future, like, what you're working towards. Because it's hard. And social media glamorises it. Like, I see so many business coaches online that's, like, you know, 10K months, earn X amount of money um, really quickly with all of these strategies that we teach. And it's bullshit. Yeah. It it doesn't happen overnight. And if it does, it's a fluke. You're not building a long-term yeah. business. Yeah. I think that is one of the main reasons I started Fierce Firms as well because you are seeing online these like overnight millionaires or like these 18 year olds that are on like 20k a month yeah. and I think you just sit at home and think what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Like sure like surely it's not that easy and it's not and as you said like okay it happens to a few people but that's not the main thing for everyone like it takes years to build a business mm -hmm. and to build like a community of people like yeah. it really doesn't happen overnight and yeah that's what I love about getting these women in that are successful in their own right um and they're not celebrities or people um they're not well-known people mm. but they all have these stories um and they come in and they're like yeah okay I'm successful now but look at all the things I had to deal with to yeah. get here. And, like, that's what I want them to shout about. I want them to, like, normalise how hard life is. Yes. Yeah, I remember... I, well, I don't think there's been an event which I haven't cried at, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I've cried at, like, they every event. They are emotional. They are, but I remember... I think it was, like, my first or second event of yours I went to... Maybe it was me that asked the question, or maybe it was someone else. I feel like it was me, but I can't really remember. But the question was asked anyway, who in the room, like, deals with imposter syndrome? Yeah. Everyone's hand shot up. Yeah. And it was actually my first event, because I remember being really nervous going. I'm a confident person, but it's intimidating walking into a room full of, like, 50, 60-plus women. Yeah. That are you thinking, oh, my God, all these women are in business, they're empowering, they're super strong, they know what they're doing, they've probably got incredible businesses, and there's little old me just trying to, like, slot in. And I thought to myself, if that's how I'm feeling, and everyone's put their hand up, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, I really try to tell people, like, Fierce Femmes is a really nice atmosphere, I promise. But when I then say, okay, there's 60 to 80 women in a room that are, like, quite, you know, powerful in their own right, you'd think, no, surely I'm going to walk into that room and feel intimidated. No. And I'm like, I promise, I promise it's not like that. Um, but I think we've just been, like, brainwashed into thinking that all women are against each other and yeah. we're fighting to be the best or this or that. And, like, that's how society have told us that we should be with each other and I'm really just trying to break down those barriers mm -hmm. and like it's so nice to get messages from women and be like do you know what that was a really nice atmosphere mm -hmm. like how how did you do that and I'm like I'm just trying to get the right people there yeah because don't get me wrong some women can be really horrible and I think we all know that but they're not the women we want to be around you know we're mm -hmm. trying to I'm trying to build this community of amazing women who just want to support each other who aren't in competition with each other 
and just to make us all feel really comfortable. Mm. And I think I'm getting there. No, definitely. Like, the last two events I spoke at, I had so many messages yeah. from women like, I thought I was really alone in this or I didn't think anyone thought like me. And, like, my inbox is full. Yeah. And, like, I was talking to one of the girls about this the other day. She was like, oh, you know, I felt really uncomfortable going, but I've decided I need to push myself out of my comfort zone because this is how I think and I need to find other women that think like me. Yeah. And she said, the more I've been doing stuff like this, the less alone I actually feel. Yeah. And the more confident I feel because, I don't know about you, but... I sometimes, you know, I speak about this in my talk, so you will definitely hear me say this, but, like, I used to just feel like I was trapped in this box that society told me that I should be in. Like, you need to go to work, you need to work nine to five. Like you, I'd always tried to be self-employed. Ever since I left school, yeah. I, I didn't want to be employed by anyone. I wanted <laughs> yeah. to do my own thing on my own time. And I always knew that there was just way more to life than working in an office job. Like, I wanted to truly live for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I feel like, we just sometimes get pushed into like stereotypes or thinking that we need to do certain things to please other people. But it's yeah. actually really liberating when you actually meet other people and they're like, no, fuck that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, if they've done that, I can do this. And it's just about yeah. having the right conversations and being in the right rooms. Yeah, yeah. And like, I was just thinking then, like growing up through school, I was not in that box. I was not academic and I was made to feel really stupid. Yeah. And, like, my friends would say to me, you're not stupid. Like, you just don't like sitting exams. Or, like, I don't like revising. Or I don't I don't like doing things I don't want to do. And I feel like growing up, you're always taught, you know, you have to do the things you Be don't like girl. doing. Like, yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't. I absolutely do not need <laughs> to do the things I don't want to do. Why? Yeah. Why, why do I need to do that? I don't. And, like, it, it honestly took me 23, 24 years to realise that I don't have to do the things I don't want to do. And I can build a life that I want. Yeah. And, like... You know, like, my friends, when they're like, oh, um, I'm going to have to ask um, to have that time off work or I can't go. Yeah. Like, if they don't let me, I can't go. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you're missing out on, like, a girl's trip because your work has told you you can't have time off. I'm like, that is crazy to me. Like, we have one life. Yeah, I'm like, with you. Yeah, I'm like, why? I'm like, do more, do more. Like, there must be something you're passionate about that, like, you want to get really stuck into, not... Like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a nine-to-five, and if that's what you want to do, then that's fine. Yeah. But, like, I see some of my friends that are really unhappy in their nine-to-fives, and I'm like, there's so much more mm. to life than that. I'm like, please, just, like... I'm like, come to my events. It's like, I promise you'll get inspired. You might want to do something different. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I just feel like this whole, like, box thing is that I've never been in this box yeah. ever. Um, And I feel like I, I've diagnosed myself with ADHD mm -hmm. and I feel like that's a bit of a sensitive topic to mm. say that I've diagnosed myself but I think the reason I'm not diagnosed is because it's a five-year waiting list on the NHS <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's really expensive to get um, done privately but my sister got diagnosed about 18 months two years ago and then ever since she did I started looking into mm. it and I was like I've definitely got that as well and I feel like um I think everyone says, like, people with ADHD, like, loads of entrepreneurs yeah. have got ADHD. Um, and you're so, like, so much more creative. And when you're passionate about something, you hyper-focus on it. And I think that's why mm. a lot of entrepreneurs that have ADHD are so successful, mm -hmm. because you can really hyper-focus on it. But they also say when you have ADHD, if you're not interested in something, 
you will not try, you will not be bothered and you do not want to do it. And I feel like that for me has been like the story of my life, my whole <laughs> life. If I didn't want to do it and I didn't care about it, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Like when I was in school, I hated languages. I was terrible at it. I hated doing it. And my teachers knew that. And they never made me sit any of the end of year exams that we had to do. They'd give me the average mark and they'd just <laughs> make me like pin drawings on the wall and stuff because I would just sit there and be like, I'm not doing it. I don't like doing it. <laughs> I mean, it's not great. Um, But yeah, it literally has been the story of my life. If I'm not passionate, if I'm not interested, I just won't do it. Mm. But then on the flip side, like with Fierce Femmes, it's my whole life. Yeah. Because I love it. I love hearing these women's stories. I love seeing women get so much from it. And like the connections and like the business opportunities that have been made... The ones I know about have been amazing, but I'm sure there's loads that have happened that I yeah. don't know about as well. Like, I'm seeing people on each other's podcasts, and, yeah, it's just so amazing to see that I have built something literally from nothing mm. to what it is now and seeing all the amazing things that are coming out of it. And, like, I have to pinch myself that, like, this is real life. Yeah. And, you know, through the hard times that I have, and there's been many hard times Mm -hmm. um I just have to keep reminding myself of all the amazing things that are coming from it like I have screenshots in a folder on my phone same when I'm thinking shall I just give up this is too much I just don't know if I can do this anymore shall I just get a nine-to-five and have a stable income (laughs) and be able to pay my bills um I just look at this folder and all the amazing things people have said about me and all the amazing things that have come from Fierce Firms and Mm -hmm. I'm like it's so worth it. Keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, and I feel like we should talk about that because uh, a couple of weeks ago I had the exact same thoughts I said to my coach. I was like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Yeah. I was like, this is too hard. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should just pack it all in. And I had like this massive moment of self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and just like, fuck. Yeah. When does it get easier? <laughs> because it's not easy at the moment. And... You know, someone asked me the other day, like, how do I do it all? How do I look the way I look? How do I juggle my business? How do I do all the things in my personal life? And sometimes it feels impossible. I am burnt out today. There's no two ways about that. And I think you need to go into this. Running a business is hard and understand that there's going to be seasons, Mm. seasons where you really push And you might be a little bit unbalanced and you might be burnt out. And then seasons where you can be more balanced and and pull back. And I feel like that's a big contradiction with a lot of what I promote. Do you know what I would say to that? Mm. I, when I'm feeling like I'm just on the edge of burnout and Mm. I say to them, I'm so burnt out, I'm so burnt out. And they're like, oh, you need to look after yourself. And I'm like, do you know what? I was like, I doubt anyone has ever built a business and not been burnt out. Yeah. Because... I don't think you're going to be successful if you don't push yourself to your limits. And I know that's a really controversial thing to say because everyone's like, look after yourself, you know, you can't do too much. And I'm like, I honestly don't know a business owner that hasn't had to push themselves to their limits to to build their business. Like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, if you live a balanced life all the time, I would be very surprised if you had a successful business. But then... You, you still have to take that time and give yourself a breather, but I think you can't be annoyed at yourself when you burn yourself out. No, like, I, I, and again, like, I feel like it's a bit of a contradiction for what I promote about, you know, 
looking, living in alignment with your body. And I feel like two of the, those things can coexist together because yeah. I still meditate, I still journal, I still make time to go to all of my different groups, all of the things that fill my cup up. Mm. Just I'm probably sleeping a bit less at the moment because I'm working later and I'm waking up earlier. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing events like, you know, talking at your event last week, that which was draining. Is a, which is a lot of effort initially to write it and yeah. do it. But then once... Once you're doing it, you like your adrenaline goes up, you're Mate. really hyped up, you do it. And then afterwards, you're on one hand on a high because it was been so amazing. You get all these messages and it's brilliant. But on the other hand, you're massively on a like coming Crash. down on a low because it was so draining. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still yeah, I'm still recuperating, definitely. Yeah. Because then I had a full on day on Friday. I had a day Saturday with my business coach all the way in Birmingham, so I didn't get home until ten. Yeah. I left home at like seven, seven thirty in the morning. Sunday was my only kind of day off, but it was like a life admin day, food shop, gym, get everything sorted. I got my new program that's launching on Monday. So it really is like everything is go right now. Yeah. And I find it so frustrating when people are like, Oh, you need to just take a break or have a day off like, or get I a PA can't. I'm like mm, thank you for the advice in your nine-to-five job and I mean yeah. that with so much love to anyone yeah. that does give that advice but when you are solely responsible for everything that happens you, you don't get a chance to think like that no no and like this is funny because in July it was my summer party and it was my sister's birthday that week and her and her fiance went to stay in a caravan in a caravan in New Gale. And she was like, Oh come, you know, like the three days before your summer party, come and relax. <laughs> and I was like, three months before, I was like, Yeah, great idea, I'll do that. And then it got to it and I was like, What the hell have I done? Yeah. <laughs> like, why on earth have I decided to come for a relaxing holiday down the caravan? A week, like, it was the week of my event. And I was like, this was the stupidest thing I've ever done. And they were like, just chill out, just relax, just sit down. And I was like, I can't. I was like, I've got an event on Saturday. I was like, it's torrential rain in my outdoor venue. <laughs> As, and, oh, my gosh. I, like, and I think my sister was like, oh, I was hoping that you were going to just relax before your event. And I was like, I am never, ever doing that again. Like, yeah. that was the stupidest thing I've ever done. I was like, the week after, fine. Like, I can do it. But I was like, I've definitely learnt my lesson. If I've got an important event coming up, don't try and have a relaxing holiday the week before. I've just done the same thing. I was meant to be away this weekend. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. I was like, I have too much to sort out. Yeah before Monday, before we kick off on Monday. Yeah. And then I can't get back on Sunday evening without having a food shop in. Yeah. And I, I know people think, oh, no, just get your food shop on Monday. But, like, no, when you're a business owner, you need to be on your game. Like, I need yeah. to make sure that I've got food in so that I'm fueled, so I've got the cognitive function, so that I can go out and get exercise, so I don't have to be rushed, so I don't have to be fatigued. Mm. And it's, like, all of these things that seem really basic and boring to other people that really, really matter when you're trying to be at your best yeah. all of the time. And yeah. it was overwhelming. I can't I cancelled the trip this weekend, so I'm not going. Yeah, well, I can feel you. Yeah, that's probably gonna be beneficial to yeah. us do that. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it is having everything in place to make sure you're the best you can be is so important when you're running a business yeah. because 
it's all on you. And if you have, like, when I was growing up, I was like, I couldn't, like, wait to be ill. Because I was like, I can have, like, a week of school. <laughs> yes, yeah, Or, like, have some time off I'd work. I'd fake being ill all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, now, if if I feel, like, a tingle in my throat, I'm like, no. Same. Like, this is going to ruin my life. I was like, <laughs> I've got no one else to do the jobs for me that I need to get done. And, like, being a business owner on your own, when, when you don't employ anyone... Oh my gosh, like even like a day off, you're like, I can't do this, I can't do this. Like I I, I don't have the help around me that I yeah. can just have a day off. And like, yeah, it's so intense. It is. It's really intense. Like I haven't been away on an abroad holiday in the last year. Mm. It's been a year now. And I'm like, I can't imagine having a whole week off now. Like I would have to take my laptop Everything's with me. Everything's going to fall to shit, isn't it? Yeah, I'd have to take my laptop <laughs> with me and work whilst I was away. Yeah. Because things always need to be done. And, like, especially with the events, I now run three events a month, mm. planning on doing more. Like, it's... I'm constantly having to organise things and market it. I think that marketing with what I'm doing is probably, like, the biggest job that I have to do. Because if I don't market mm. it, I don't get people there. Yeah. If I don't get people there, what's the point? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm constantly thinking, like, what can I post on Instagram? And I always feel like I'm not doing enough. And yeah, I'm, always. I look at what other people are posting. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was really creative. Why am I not doing something that creative? Or, like, how can I sit at home and, like, I don't know, record TikToks that I can post on TikTok? And, like, my TikTok's terrible because I don't know what to post. Yeah. And I feel like I don't have the brain power to put into that whilst also trying to market it in other ways mm-hmm. and like I feel like I'm constantly just looking at Instagram and TikTok scrolling and thinking oh that content's really good like why is my content not that good like I need to do more I need to do more and like I'm constantly in a state of can I create can I turn this into content yeah <laughs> just get my camera out all the time can I can, and then I'm like don't need, stop do you brain no, doesn't stop no it doesn't stop ever it doesn't ever stop but like, I'm always just thinking for the next thing what can I do what can I do what can I do my brain is honestly like spins 100 miles an hour yeah 24-7 even when I'm lying in bed sleeping yeah I'm laying in bed and I'm like my, my med- I do a sleep a nightmare I'm words out I do um, a sleep mentation yeah. to send me to sleep yeah. and I'll be doing it and I'll be like <gasps> I have an idea. I need to write this down in my notes. And I'm like, oh my God, you're disturbing your meditation, Laura. I'm like, but it's got to come out of the brain now. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to sleep if I, don't start, if I don't write it. My boyfriend meditates every night. I admit that I do not meditate every night. But when I do, he's so good at it. Like, he just lies there. And his brain must be filled with absolutely nothing. It's beautiful. <laughs> and then I'm there. Like, that's probably when I get my most ideas yeah is when I'm lying there trying to think of nothing and then I'm like a rush of oh my god what good idea what good idea I need to write this down and I like stop halfway that, that's a good thing with meditation yeah because it's allowing those ideas to come into you so you're clearing the space so sometimes I will meditate on something and I will let ideas come to me and that's where some of my best ideas come to so that's not a bad thing no it's not a bad thing but then I'm like why can I, can I not ever just get a break <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I did want to touch on actually um, my mental health Mm -hmm. since starting Fierce Mm. Femmes. I guess my mental health journey actually started when my mum left. Mm. Um, And I kind of always knew from them that I probably should go to therapy. Mm. And I tried three therapists growing up and I didn't like any of them. And then by that point, I was so drained from telling them my story for like that full hour. I was like, I'm just gonna give up. It's just not happening for me. Um, And then 
When I went to Big Moose, so anyone who doesn't know, Big Moose is a cafe in town, but they're a charity. Um, and you can get therapy through their charity. So when I started doing the events, um, my first event I did, the next day I drove to Cheltenham, which is where my boyfriend was living at the time. And it was a lovely sunny day. Like I, I was on a massive high, like I couldn't have been happier. I was going to have a little date night. I'd like celebrating my first event. And I was driving, um, stopped off, at a service station, carried on driving, and I had a panic attack mm -hmm. whilst I was on the motorway. And after doing therapy, I realized growing up I had panic attacks, mm. but I didn't know they were panic attacks. I yeah. thought I was just overreacting to stupid things. Like yeah. I used to have a phobia of sick, so if anyone ever said I was gonna be sick, I would have a panic attack. I didn't realize that at the time, I just thought mm. I was being dramatic. Anyway, side note. No, I relate, um, I'm exactly the same, yeah. Yeah, so, I was, yeah, I was driving on the motorway and I lost all feeling in my hands, mm. in my feet, hyperventilating, like my whole face was tingling, like my whole, mm. like my arms were tingling. And I was just like, what the hell is going on? And I pulled over on the side of the motorway and I was like terrified because all these lorries were driving past me and I was just sat in the car and I couldn't feel my hands. I was like, I can't drive, I couldn't feel my lips. Mm. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to have to carry on driving because I'm getting more scared. The fact that all yeah. these lorries are driving past, my car was shaking. Um, so I pulled off again. I started driving. I was like on the phone to my boyfriend, like, I don't know what's happening to me. Like, I'm dying. Like, I'm literally yeah, dying. Yeah, it does feel like you're... It does. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I pulled over again because I just thought, I can't drive. I can't feel my hands. This is too dangerous. So I <laughs> pulled over. I was literally in these white linen trousers, got out of my car and jumped over the fence. I was like standing in stinging nettles <laughs> in my sandals. <laughs> And I was just stood there like, what the hell? What the hell? And I was like, well, I'm just going to breathe, wait for it to pass. Yeah. And luckily I was like two minutes away from the turn off at um, Cheltenham. And as soon as I got off the motorway, I was okay. And I got to his and I just sat there and I was like, what the hell's just happened to me? Um, and yeah, so I went to Big Moose to have a meeting with Chloe like the next week. And I was like, I had a panic attack after the event. And mm. she was like, well, we'll book you in for therapy. Like, And I had a therapy session like the week after and um she was just like it was what's it called human givens therapy that's the therapy oh, right. they do there so they were like taking me through um why can i never remember anything what was it it was like they walk you through like a, a guided imagery okay yeah 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 so um she was doing that with me and she was like you need to <clears throat> you need to Think about what happened in your head and like go through it, watch it on a TV and go through it mm. and then watch it back in rewind and then put it on in like a river and watch it float away. Mm. And then like look at, look at it on a smaller TV, do it the same again, but speed it up, put it on the river and float yeah. it away. And I was thinking, what is it a load of rubbish? Yeah. I was like, no way is this going to help me. Like, I just can't imagine this helping me. Um... And yeah, just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it faster and faster, smaller TV and iPad, then a phone and whatever, and after that. And I was scared to drive on the motorway. I refused mm -hmm. to do it. And I started driving on the motorway again, and it did help. Um, but then a few months later, I was actually a guest on a podcast, the first guest I was on a podcast, and I spoke about my mum a lot, and she heard it. And um, there was basically a massive promotion mm, about the whole thing. I can imagine. And um, it just really 
brought up all these feelings again. And the next day I drove on the motorway and I had another panic attack. Mm. And I was just like, fuck's sake. Like, I thought I, this was gone. I thought it was over with. I thought I had, like, worked through it. Um, and it just made me realise it doesn't really just go away like yeah. that. Um, and it's probably something I definitely need to be working on constantly. I need to always be in the right headspace and I need to be, like, eating well, exercising. Mm-hmm. And I said, that just doesn't happen for me all the time. And I think I just need to realise that it's probably not just going to disappear, this, like, thing I've got with driving or the panic attacks or anything like that. Mm. And then, like, coming to terms with the fact that once upon a time I never had any of these feelings and I never had any mental health issues to mm. now where, like... I can't ever see it going away. Mm. I don't think it will once you've experienced just go away. I think you just have to work on it to keep yeah. it at bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that was a hard pill to swallow, mm. um, realising that I'm never going to go back to not having to deal with any of those issues. Yeah, and I think that's a really like important point because a lot of my clients will often come to me with previous eating disorders, body dysmorphia, And because of my own story, they relate to me. So they may have gone through similar traumas, similar mental health struggles. And I think people can often look at me and think, oh, you got your shit all together. Everything's figured out. It's like, no, I still have those thoughts. I still have those feelings. Yeah. I'm not immune to them. But what happens is the more the time goes on, the more you practice dealing with them, the more you commit yourself to that healing journey the easier it gets to deal with and they're no longer so overwhelming. Like, you can recognise, oh, okay, these are the sensations that I feel in my body. Like, for me, I grind my teeth Mm -hmm. and um, I used to get severely anxious when I would eat to the point where I'd feel physically sick and I couldn't eat. And it was only with therapy of my my therapist, we realised, oh, that's triggering the same physiological response in my body as when I'm grinding my teeth when I'm anxious. So when I eat, it's only natural that the physiological response is going to assume that I'm anxious. Yeah. And it's like these really small details that takes time. You know, I've been in therapy for four or five years now. Yeah. It takes time to notice these things. But if you're committed to that journey, like it's so worth coming out of the other side yeah yeah and I think it's really liberating when you realize that you need to get help Mm. and then when you start working on it and then seeing a difference Mm -hmm. I think that is like wow like I can help myself like it doesn't have to be this bad forever and you can get yourself out of a hole and you learn your like coping strategies and you know then what you need to do to live Mm -hmm. a happy life Mm. I guess um but yeah I was speaking to one of my ambassadors um like two weeks ago I went to an event and I was just like just saying to her like oh my god this is so hard and um I'm like really stressed I'm anxious and this and that and she goes I would never guess that (laughs) she was like you she was like you look like a swan that's swimming (laughs) around and underneath the water your legs are flapping like crazy and I was like yeah that's kind of how it is because I'm trying to like put on my best performance and my best Mm -hmm. show and trying to show up as the best version of myself but behind the scenes it's so chaotic yeah (laughs) like it's chaos all the time and I'm like that's so funny that she thinks that I'm just like this swan swimming around I'm like if only (laughs) you knew (laughs) yeah 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 I think that's funny because um 
I hold connection circles for my clients and in one of them they asked me to share and I was like oh I don't as the facilitator like I don't normally share and I'm the one holding space for all of you like not you holding space for me yeah but um I did and I was quite vulnerable and said you know I have a lot of self-doubt coming up and they were like Laura you're the best coach like we don't know we didn't know you felt like this I was like well I'm human. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's not your job. Like, yeah, you know, you're hiring me to support and guide you, but I don't have anyone to give me feedback yeah. to tell me you're doing a great job. Like, yeah. I'm sure you don't either. You yeah. know, we're the ones that's responsible for everything, and people are relying on us. Yeah, but it was so lovely for those walls to sort of come down and connect with them on a much deeper level. Cause now like when I do things like talking at your events, like they message me. Yeah. And they yeah. really genuinely care. That's like that's where I get my well done's from. Yeah. It's like the people that go out of their way to message me after an event and say, That was a really good event. And I'm like, you do not understand yeah. how much that means to me. Just one message, yeah. well done. And because I can't get that from anywhere else. And like I go home and I was like say to my boyfriend, I'm like, What did you think? What did you think? And my boyfriend's a man of very little words. <laughs> and he'll be like, Yeah, it was good. And I'm like, Can you give me a bit more? Can you give me a bit more feedback? Yeah. Like, can you give me more? A few than more that? words. Yeah, like how good was it? Like, rate it, one to ten, how good was it? Um, but yeah, so when I get those messages from women, and especially when they're like, oh, look what's come from from these events, yeah. and like, thank you. And I'm like, oh, that's really lovely. And it's so nice to hear that, like, you enjoyed it, and it was a good event, and you've got so much value from it. And I'm like, I really do mm. appreciate those, like, little messages. They do, they mean so much to me. Yeah. So. And that's something I'm trying to do more of. And I have been pra- trying to practice for, why can't I talk, practice the fatigue. I'm trying to <laughs> practice this for a good few years. But whenever I think something nice about someone, say I now it. try to say it as much as I can. Yeah. And it feels really uncomfortable yeah. sometimes. I'm like, is this person think I'm going to be really weird if I, like, message them? But, like, the other week I had an amazing consultation call with someone. And I was like... Oh my God, I left that call on cloud nine. She inspired me so much. And I messaged her this like message about how much she inspired me. And I was like, oh, Laura, have you been really weird? And then I thought, do you know what? If you have been really weird, that's fine because I'm deep. I'm not surface level. Yeah. And if you're going to work with me, you've got to know what you're getting in for. <laughs> no, I so feel you on that. Like, honestly, even if I'm like scrolling Instagram or I see a girl with a nice dress on, I'll be like, you look wicked. Or like, that's amazing. And I just think like, we live such short lives in the grand scheme of things and like to make someone feel good that day I'm yeah. like that is such a cool thing to do yeah yeah and I, I just like I love that I love it when people go out of their way to like tell you, you look good or they really enjoyed your talk or like on I literally like everyone's stories on Instagram same or like, <laughs> right keen bean <laughs> yeah like my photographer put out a YouTube video the other day and I was like is it weird like if I message him and say that I really enjoyed it and I was like no because I would love it yeah. if someone did that for me and I messaged him I was like wicked video love that really got a lot of that well done love that um, and yeah sometimes it does feel weird to do it because you think do people think I'm like weird mm. or but like if you're being vulnerable in yourself, like putting, like he's putting himself out there on mm. YouTube or like when you put a podcast out, like you feel vulnerable mm. sharing things like that. And like when people do go out of their way to tell you that they enjoy doing it, you are just going to feel good, better about yeah. yourself and good about yourself. And like, you, like you, it's never going to be received in a negative way yeah. ever. No. And like, I always think, imagine the amount of people that actually benefit from what we do that don't tell us. Yeah. 
like so if you're receiving like x amount of messages from people like imagine how many more that's probably five percent yeah in the grand scheme of things that are actually messaging you yeah i think like hannah phillips always says to me she was like you're going to be benefiting so many people's lives that you do not know about and you will never know about but you need to keep that in the back of your head that you are yeah and it's it's hard to convince yourself that you are because if you're not seeing it it's hard to to know yeah um, but I guess you have to take it from those 5% that are telling you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So before we wrap things up, I want to ask you a couple of questions that might help our listeners. If someone is has got an idea and they're like, I feel like you did, like I need six months to prepare, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to start, like what advice do you have for them? Um, my advice for them would be Gauge some ideas from family and friends. Like, tell them your idea and see what they say. But I would also say, don't 100% listen to them because some people are just negative. I was just about to say, but what if they don't think Mm. it's a good idea? Some people will think it's not a good idea. Um, People you trust. Yeah, I would just gauge the general consensus. But some people are going to be negative and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're passionate about it and you truly think it's going to work, go for it. Do not wait six months. There will never, ever be a perfect time. Just go for it. See how it goes. It doesn't have to be perfect, and it won't. Like me, looking at, like, my last event to my first event, completely different. Mm. Like, so much better. Like, I've I've worked things out over this last year. I have learned more lessons in the last year than I have in my whole entire Mm. life. And they're going to stay with you. Oh, yeah. And that's just through doing things, getting things wrong, making mistakes, learning from your lessons and yeah like our first podcast that we did a few weeks ago I know that that I'm gonna look back at that in a year's time and be embarrassed about how bad it is I cringe at my first ones yeah (laughs) our podcast producer said go back and listen to the first episode of like your favorite podcasters podcast. it's not going to be as good as the last one they've done and that's fine but everyone has to start somewhere and you just have to do it just get up go and do it and don't worry about anything at the end of the day if it fails it's only a lesson yeah like you at least you tried and you've learned something from it yeah you've done more than the people who haven't tried yeah um so yeah i would just say go for it Mm -hmm. just do it Mm-hmm. I love that and I totally agree I think you just got to take the bull by the horns or whatever the saying is and yeah. and absolutely go for it and what advice do you have for the self-doubt the imposter syndrome that creeps in when starting a challenge like that um, my personal experience my imposter syndrome was crazy mm. I thought who the hell do I think I am getting up on stage I've got not not really any valuable experience to bring to the table. I didn't. Like, I was working a nine-to-five for my dad in an admin role. And then before that, I just had little part-time jobs mm. and I'd been travelling a bit. So I thought, who do I think I am to get up on stage to talk to all these women about being inspirational? Um, and for a long time, I was battling with that in my head and I just thought, oh, I just don't deserve to be up here like this... The stage is for my speakers. It is not for me. Um, and as I did event after an ev- after event, I was getting feedback saying, we want to hear more from you. Mm. Like, we, we want you to say more. And I was thinking, why? 
Like, why do you want me to I say more? I think you definitely should. Um, I learned a lot about you today, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually planning on doing my life story in my one-year anniversary, uh, and then obviously I did my summer party, and it wasn't, like, the place to do a story. So I am planning on doing yes. it um, at some point. Um, but, yeah, so my, my imposter syndrome was crazy, and then people just kept saying, you know, speak more, speak more. And, like, from the first one till now, I speak a hell of a lot more. I do my quote of the month, and mm. um, I also... So with my imposter syndrome, so my advice would be, I feel like most of the time you're going to have it. Some people that are blessed don't have it, and that's Psychopaths. fine. Psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say the only way you're going to get rid, or maybe not get rid, but lower your feelings of imposter syndrome is just to do things over and over again, mm -hmm. um, to just practice, and your confidence will come the more you do things. And I think... Yeah, just keep doing it and build your confidence. Like, I hated getting on stage. Now you can't really get me off the stage. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just about doing things over and over again and building up your confidence. And then over time, your imposter syndrome will go away, mm. hopefully, or just lessen a bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, don't feel like you're the only person if you've got imposter syndrome because I promise you, you know. Mm. Thank you. So, what events have you got coming up? Where can people find you? Tell us. Um, so, I'm most active on Fierce Femmes Cardiff Instagram, but I also have Fierce Femmes Swansea Instagram. Um, and I have links in the bio on there, which will take you to my link tree, which will take you to all my events that are coming up, my website, um, our podcast, which will be launching next week, Yay. hopefully. Um and yeah, my my website is just fiercefems.com. So yeah, we do monthly events in Cardiff, monthly events in Swansea, which is where um, which is where three inspirational women come in and tell their stories. And then I have my networking brunch club for women in Cardiff, which is also once a month in Lush Bar on Queen Street, which I absolutely love. Those I still events. need to go to one of those. They're so good. It's just a room of twenty women eating brunch, having <laughs> luxury hand massages from the Lush Spa therapist and just connecting, collaborating, um, talking about... I actually focus on pain points in their businesses mm. at the brunch clubs because it really opens the conversation up and one woman who struggles with something, another woman in the room has already tackled and found a solution with. And I just find them so, so beneficial. Mm. Um, so yeah, if you're a woman in business, definitely come along to those because they are so good. And I'm hoping to launch one in Swansea soon as well. So uh, um, if you're nearer to Swansea, you should be able to access that soon. Awesome. But yeah. Well, make sure everyone, you go and connect with Kelly, Fierce Femmes, attend the events. I often get questions off, like, do you need to own a business or be an entrepreneur to come? And you, no. Like, you don't, do you? No, the monthly events are aimed at absolutely everyone. You also do not have to be a woman. Like, we open the doors to everyone, and I think everyone will come in and feel inspired, mm. and that's what it's about. You do not have to be a woman in business. You can honestly be anyone, and I promise you, you will walk away and yeah. feel inspired come to make some friends, come to network, come to do literally whatever you want. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, like you might just have an idea about a business venture or something that you want to get started. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go to these things, like connect with other people, get inside the places where your types of people are going to be, where you can have conversations that inspire you. Yeah, and I think I always say 
it's, it's like-minded women that come yeah. to these events. And I've honestly made the bestest of friends since I started Fierce Femmes with women that I would never have come across otherwise. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have met these women who were literally living in Cardiff or living in Swansea. Um, and yeah, now they're like my best friends. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like imagine if Fierce yeah. Femmes wasn't a thing and I never would have met you. And like, they're so supportive and amazing yeah. and just really, really good people to be around. Um, so yeah, even... Uh, Sorry, I think as an adult, it's really hard to make new friends. Oh my God, I feel like we could talk for hours about this. Yeah, it's so hard. So I try and say to people, like, if you've just moved to Cardiff or just moved to Swansea or, like, all of your... Like, all of my friends, most of my friends have moved to London. Um, And I wanted to, like make new friends, mm. make new connections with women who kind of see the world in the same way yeah. that I do. Um, and it's just like, not to blow my own trumpet, but it's a really good place to blow do your that. Trumpet. No one else is going to. You've got to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So please come along if you're listening to this and you've been wanting to come along. Yeah. Do it. Definitely. So thank you to all of our listeners today. As always, we appreciate you being here, joining us, listening to the conversation, please make sure that you subscribe, follow, rate the channel because it really does help us to get the word out of what we're doing, sharing the stories of our incredible guests that we have on the platform. Um, and it means I'm able to keep inviting other inspirational women and men because we had our first man on the oh, podcast nice. very recently. Yes. So, yeah, it means the absolute world. Um, I'm going to make sure that all of Kelly's links are in the show note description so you can find Fierce Femmes, her socials, any links, get some tickets. Um, I'll also pop some links to my social platforms. I've got some free resources and, and various different bits. So you can have a little look at my link tree. And if you are interested in working with me, you can either apply via the link in my form or just pop me a message on Instagram. But thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me and thanks everyone for listening. And I was just going to add, I'll give you a discount code as well for everyone that listens Amazing. for my events. Yes, so, yeah. fab. We'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. That'd be awesome. Amazing. Thank, thank you, you so Kelly. much. <laughs>